an hour of truth for the battered but proud people of the Empire State. From the financial and entertainment epicenter of New York City to the sleeping and empty small cities and towns of upstate, which once bustled with manufacturing, mining, and farming. We all know from inspiration, history, and nature, we deserve a return to the success and growth of generations past, a birthright being squandered by corruption in Albany, and the depredations of an insecure, scheming mountebank posing as governor, who loathes both us and himself. As liberty beckoned to enslaved peoples behind the Iron Curtain via American broadcasts after World War II, we now say, believe, rise, and join us. Welcome to Radio Free New York. Hey guys, welcome to Radio Free New York. I'm your host, Andrew Hollister, and we've got Bob Savage here with us today. Yes, Kevin Wilson is allowing me to wear his hat. See, oh, so is he? You got, you got very, his hat on? Very jaunty, don't you think? There you go. Do, are, are you wearing plaid, too? No. He's, no, no. No plaid. He didn't give you the plaid or the bill shirt. No, my wife is very big on plaid, so I tend to... You know, shy away from it because if you're wearing plaid and she's wearing plaid, it looks really dorky. Mm, there you go. Then you guys match. Yeah, it looks yeah. like it looks like senior citizens. You know, you see them at uh, like Disney World and stuff. They're all dressed alike. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. It's actually it, it's interesting that you mentioned that. I came across um, this is probably a couple months back. Just somebody's blog article of couples that looked so similar to each other, and it's just like pictures of them, and it it, it was. It, some of it was a little creepy, you know, um, because you think about it, they've got the same diet. Um, uh, eventually, at some point, sometimes they end up with the same style. And just like these pictures of these people, they had like the exact same pair of glasses, the same shirt, the same pants, the same shoes. Like it was uh, it was interesting. It's interesting. You never see Jerry Nadler and Jabba the Hutt, you know, together anywhere. So <laughs> you know, draw your own conclusions from that, folks. Yeah, Yeah, there you go. Yep. Yeah. So normally on Tuesdays, Kevin's with us, but he's uh, got some work things he's working on. So I'm very glad that Bob was available to uh, step in and help me out here because there's there's a lot of interesting things to talk about today. And the first thing that I really want to bring up and talk about is this story. Um, some of you might not be as familiar with it um, about Congressman Joe Morelli. And the accusations that are coming against him from Monroe County legislator Sabrina Lamar. And I want to tell the story about what is being discussed and what's being accused, not from the perspective of um, this is a media story and you guys need to know about it as news. I want you guys to hear what's being accused and what's happening and hear about it from the perspective of if government wasn't so powerful and wasn't so overbearing and didn't have so much influence over private entities, none of this would even be possible. So just kind of think about that. Um, so let me give you guys a little bit of background. If you're not in Congressman Joe Morelli's district, um, he, he is our current sitting congressman. It was Louise Slaughter's seat. Um, when she passed away, I can't recall, did he get in with a special election or was it appointed? Um, I don't know. That's a good question. I don't have my phone in here, so I can't research it. But yeah. he, yeah, he ascended to the, you know, uh, to that position. 
Yeah, yeah. And and to give you guys um, a little bit of background, because this is going to come up later, in Monroe County, specifically where I live, Rochester, um, and, and kind of the area surrounding, the Democratic Party is so large that they have factions of the party. And so you'll hear kind of little inner rumblings about um, the Morelli faction and the Gantt faction and how they're fighting against the, each other in the party and who's loyal to which side and, and all this stuff um, that probably doesn't come up much in the media, to be honest. But if you're tapped into politics in the area, it's something you hear about a lot. Um, so you guys can tuck that away for later. So Joe Morelli uh, had somebody running against him in a primary this year. His opponent was Robin Wilt. And um, I, I want to say Joe Morelli, he did win his primary. Um, and there's this guy who's running against Joe Morelli. You guys might have heard from him or, or of him, should I say. His name is Kevin Wilson. Um huh. You know, so if so if you see this Kevin Wilson guy or hear his name, just know he I know he doesn't talk about it much on the show, um, but he is running for Congress against Joe Morelli. Hey, real quick, back back to Robin Wilt. Wasn't she the one who had some residency problems? She's actually from she's like a carpetbagger, came from Minnesota or something. And uh, she tried to run for was it Brighton Town Board or was it? I'm yeah, sure, sure. I'm sure, or county legislature or something. I know that she and, and she had to bow out of the race uh, oh, last last cycle. Yeah, hmm. yeah. I I hadn't heard that. Um, wouldn't be uncommon for that type of stuff to happen. You hear about people moving around and trying to shift seats all the time in politics. So that that would not surprise me. Um, so to kind of like um, give you guys a background on what's going on here. Robin Wilt, she was running against Congressman Joe Morelli, um, and she had, I guess, a online Facebook Live, kind of like radio show, podcast, TV show, and Monroe County legislator Sabrina Lamar appeared on this Facebook Live show um, to discuss a program that she heads up at RIT called the Community Engagement to Reduce Victimization Project. Um this, this is her project. It's uh, apparently a project that RIT put together to curb gun violence in the city. I'm not familiar with the project. Definitely sounds like a lefty agenda to me, but I'm, I'm not going to speak towards it because I, I don't really know what it does. But she was on there for the purpose of discussing how COVID-19 limits their project and their outreach. Um, which to me makes a lot of sense because that's happening to a lot of people. So um, according to Lamar, after she got off this live stream, she was reached out to by a number of people um, saying, how could she possibly be on the show with Joe Morelli's opponent as an elected Democrat? And something that I think is really important, I want to stop here for a moment and, and pause the story and say this is the problem with party tribalism. This idea that, um, and whether or not this was a political move or not, I want to just take that aside and just talk about the idea that if you go on somebody's show to discuss, maybe it's a passion project, maybe it's your day job, um, that people would then um, kind of come after you and say, how could you possibly be on this person's show 
and you know because they're running against this other person you know i i've got news for a lot of people i i was on shows when i ran for office um that those shows supported some things that quite honestly i don't agree with but i was there to give a message about something that was important to me and to have a conversation with that audience so this this whole idea that party tribalism builds up, and this happens on both sides, by the way. This isn't like unique to the Democrat Party, definitely not unique to Rochester. But this idea that people would say, based on your associations, you can't speak with other people, um, you can't appear places with other people, that that is somehow wrong, especially when the discussion has nothing to do with politics, I think is something that is really detrimental to our community and society over time. And uh, just, just this thought that, you know, you can't separate work from your volunteer engagements outside of work, I think is something that we should all take a look at and say, yeah, it's, it's okay to go out there and have a conversation with people um, regardless of your political beliefs or backgrounds or associations. Now, I'm not saying that, um, that this applies in all cases. There are clearly times in life when something happens and you need to disassociate from somebody or their words or their actions. Um, you know, I, I totally agree with that, totally understand that. But I think in this specific instance, um, we should maybe take a second look at that. So guys, we're going to take a break. When we come back, I'm going to tell you the rest of the story and why I think that this really sheds a light on how bad government has gotten over the years. We'll be back in a moment on Radio Free New York. Your business relies on computers and technology to operate. Slow, unreliable networks and servers can cause unplanned downtime and affect your bottom line. The experts at Simple Tech Innovations are here to help. Their preventative maintenance program ensures that your computers and network are kept up to date and monitored for any issues, keeping your business running smoothly. They also help clients achieve HIPAA, PCI, and New York State cybersecurity compliance to keep your network safe safe and secure. Whatever your business IT needs are, Simple Tech Innovations should be your first call. They've won the best in Rochester eight years in a row and have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating. Call them today for a free consultation at 585-200-3182. That's 585-200-3182. Simple Tech Innovations. You're listening to Radio Free New York. We are back with Andrew Hollister. By the way, uh, Andrew, I did check. Uh, uh, Bob brought my phone in so I can research stuff. And uh, so, uh, yes, uh, Morelli won both the special and the general election two years ago. There you go. Yeah, that's. I, I kind of assumed, since I knew there was another congressional special election that happened this year out Buffalo Way, that that's how that was handled. So, no, that's that's great. Um, so if you're just joining us here on the show, we're talking about um, some accusations that are uh, going around in, in the media and kind of in the Democratic Party here in Monroe County um, against county or not county from county legislator Sabrina Lamar against Congressman Joe Morelli. So 
long story short here, um, what what happened is Sabrina Lamar went on a Facebook Live show to talk about her daytime job with the opponent who was running against Joe Morelli. Well, what preceded this is that Joe Morelli's office reached out to her employer. She works at RIT. And her accusation is to have her fired for being on the show with his opponent. Now, that that's kind of the part of controversy here, or, or the part in question, because it seems that um, Joe Morelli's office and his campaign have acknowledged that they did call RIT um, to inquire about basically what RIT's policies and rules are for an employee to engage in like political activity, um, which is kind of interesting because she is also an elected county legislator. So it, you know, it would it would be kind of weird to try to get somebody who's an elected official engaging in politics fired from their day job while they're obviously involved in politics as an elected official. Um, so, so it'll be interesting to go through. I did find the link to RIT's policy on that. I didn't get a chance to read through it yet. Um, so, so that's kind of the premise. Lamar is saying that Morelli, um, kind of as payback for her being on this show, um, tried to get her fired and the RIT has taken some action against her. Um, it hasn't been specified what it was. Um, it does seem that she still has her job. Um, but that she is in fear of loss of her job. She got reprimanded, I think. Yeah, I, I believe that that's what happened, yeah. Um, so, kind of cue up the next card here. Mayor Lovely Warren um, held a press conference, and I have um, a quote from her during that press conference. She says, What's more important is that he told me that he, Morelli, did it, Warren said. I know he told other people that he did it, and I believe that he told me that he did this because he wanted me to know and that it was a warning. I perceived it as a warning to fall in line. So what she's talking about is that David Gant, who I explained to you guys before is kind of like two, two factions of the Democratic Party, has recently passed away. And she feels that Congressman Joe Morelli is making a power play and trying to consolidate power and did this to not only put... Uh, Lamar in place, but also to kind of rally support via government force, essentially, in the Democrat Party. So all, all of that being said, Lamar has filed a complaint uh, with the Office of Congressional Ethics, as well as the House Representative Ethics Committee, and alleges that Morelli tried to get her fired um, because of appearing on that show and her and Lovely Warren are also accusing Joe Morelli of being um, sexist and racist based on these actions as well. Um, and I, I want to we're going to talk a little bit more about that because I, I don't know that those things correlate, to be honest. Um, but I, I could be wrong. More information will come out. Um, so saying all this, I want to make sure that we also give um, the response from Joe Morelli's campaign which is the Morelli campaign inquired about RIT personnel appearing in political campaign advertising in their professional capacity as an RIT employee. 
Um, at no time was the employee's employment of the funding or funding for the intuition raised. So I bring all of that up because I, I don't actually know um, Joe Morelli. I, I haven't met him, haven't spoken with him, haven't had a conversation with him. And same goes for Sabrina Lamar. I, I don't know her, haven't had a conversation with her. I, I don't know either of them. But what I see here is that there is a major problem here with the amount of power given to government and how it can be abused. I don't know if there is abuse of power or not. Sounds like probably, um, but I'm, I'm not going to pass judgment on that. I don't know the information. But what I do know is that this is a problem and these accusations can only exist because government has gotten so large and it's created so much influence, even over private entities like RIT. RIT is not um, a government school. It's not a public entity. It is a private college. Um, however, the government, both state and federal, provide them funding for various programs, for tuition, um, different subsidies. They don't pay tax. Um, and, and all of these strings that government has been able to attach to these private entities is one of the major reasons that this is even a possibility. Hope oh, did I lose you, Bob? No, I'm still here. I'm, I'm, oh, okay. I'm listening. Okay. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm following along here. Again, I'm not uh, completely up to speed with this whole thing. Now, we, we did, you did mention that Morelli's uh, office has an answer on this. Yes, yeah, and I would invite both parties too. If if either of them um, hear this or their supporters hear this, you, I would welcome you guys to come on the show um, and share your side of the story. However, for me, the important piece is not necessarily who's right or wrong here. Um, it's not whether or not the accusations are true or not. For me, the important thing is that government has gotten so big and so powerful that these accusations could be true this kind of thing is possible yeah this yeah. kind of controversy in other words you know if your kids are fighting and they're not getting along and they're they're you know they're they're uh they're, they're being trivial and petty with each other uh they don't have enough to do uh so it's it's kind of the same thing you know the idle mind is the devil's playground and then you lubricate it with all kinds of cash and uh and all kinds of other resources and this is the kind of thing you get this has nothing to do by the way with representing people and making sure that their interests come first i just want to point that out yeah no absolutely this this is not the role of government i mean it's not the role of government to um be reaching out to private organizations about their personal internal policies to do with politics and staff um, it's not the role of government to be um, using money potentially as a um, as leverage for somebody's job. Whether or not that happened doesn't matter. The fact that government is so powerful that it could do that is something that we should all be looking at and saying, wait, yeah, why is it that there's enough power in government that somebody could say, fire this person or... I'll vote against your funding. Yeah, there, but for the grace of God, go all of us. And uh, let's just point out, too, that RIT is the recipient of millions and millions of dollars in, uh, in government aid, uh, yeah. state and federal. So that makes the potential for this kind of misbehavior all the more egregious. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, and, and the fact that we maybe don't have the checks and balances in place to prevent this sort of thing should be a huge red flag to anybody, whether you're a Democrat, a Republican, a conservative, green, libertarian, Sam party, independent, whatever. Um, we should all look at this situation and even the possibility that could have happened. We should all be saying, yeah, you know what? Mm. Maybe government shouldn't be doing this. Maybe government shouldn't be in charge of redistributing the wealth because when there's corruption, not if, but when there's corruption, millions and millions of dollars can be abused. Programs that were funded today could be defunded tomorrow. Isn't there a better way? Maybe we could allow people to choose where their funding and contributions go. Maybe we could allow people to make decisions with their money. Instead of allowing a small group of individuals make the decisions where millions and millions of dollars go, maybe that should be up to the individual. Maybe I should be able to choose where my money goes. Bob, maybe you should be able to choose where your money goes. And you guys, the listeners, on the radio, on the podcast, on the live stream, you guys should have the choice to say, hmm, that government program, I don't want my tax dollars going to. I don't believe in that. I think that's maybe immoral or wrong. Or maybe I don't want another person managing this. So I want to be the one that decides where my money goes. I think society would be a lot better off. Yeah, I don't know how you'd administer that. I mean, obviously, we don't have direct democracy. So in terms of apportionment of uh, tax money to one cause or another, that's going to have to be the purview of the legislature. But uh, again, if they've got too much money, you know, when, when we start talking about an obscene state budget, for example, like New York State's got, uh, or the obscene budget of the Rochester City School District, this this is what provides fertile ground for abuse and for corruption. Because that money, you know, I mean, look at Adam McFadden. And uh, in, in that case, you have all this, uh, this uh, grant money and pools of money for this purpose or that purpose all hanging around. You're just asking for this kind of thing to, to, to happen. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and the last thing I want to kind of close this with is the fact that throughout all of this, they are now saying that Congressman Joe Morelli is sexist and racist, which once again, I don't know him. I don't know if that's true or not. Sounds like kind of a from the left accusation here. Um, but I just find it interesting because he's a prominent member of the Democratic Party and Democrats love pretending that this problem only exists in the Republican Party. So I, I found that interesting, worth pointing out, worth sharing. Guys, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about Garrett Foster, um, who is a libertarian and a military veteran who was shot at a rally um, we're going to talk about that when we come back in a moment on Radio Free New York. A reminder from Abate Monroe County. American bikers aim toward education. Distracted driving is dangerous, so pull over and eat. Don't try to read your mail and newspaper and stay off your cell phone. Make a mental note to be more alert, making it a habit to expect the unexpected. Remember to look twice. Save a life. Train yourself to watch for motorcycles which are harder to see. Join Abate and your family will be protected with a free $4,000 accident policy. Ride safe. 
Ride free, ride often. Abate if you ride, ride with us. Google Abate Monroe County. You're listening to Radio Free New York. All right. Welcome back to Radio Free New York. I'm your host, Andrew Hollister. Over the break, we got a call from Mike in Geneseo, and uh, he, he had a question basically about why Mayor Lovely Warren is um, becoming involved in this dispute and accusations between Congressman Joe Morelli and Monroe County Legislator uh, Sabrina Lamar. To be honest, um, there's still information coming in on this. I, I don't totally know other than, um, you know, this is this is kind of part of politics. You know, Lovely Warren was very close to David Gant. Um, they kind of had that power struggle within the party. I'm sure that she's trying to consolidate support on her side and power on her side. Um, but in terms of why, other than standing up for somebody who is maybe a friend of hers, I I don't really know. Bob, what, what are your thoughts? Isn't Lovely Warren under investigation currently? Oh, I, yeah, I don't know. I, she I, might I, be. I believe so, and it might be a distraction thing. Also, it could be race baiting, uh, you know, because Joe Morelli's white. And um, the, uh, oh boy, the legislator's name just escaped me. Oh, Lamar. Senior moment. Yeah, Ms. Lamar. Uh, you know, African-American. So uh, politics as usual, I would say. Yeah, that's kind of my feeling too, is this is the unfortunate and bad nature of politics that big government and two-party systems create. So that's that's my um, that's my gut feeling anyways my my opinion i guess but i I don't really have anything substantial to back it up yeah if you're a caller and you want to uh you know please go on the air with us i mean that's that's really what this that's what the show exists for and our phone number is 585-346-3000 i mean it's 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 just a lot more work to try to answer these questions you know without talking to you live on the air yeah no for sure um so so i do want to step away from that discussion though and talk about uh, something else that happened, you guys may or may not have heard of it at this point. Um, a young man named Garrett Foster down in Austin. Um, before I tell you guys about this, I do want to put this out here and say, you know, this is this is a complicated story. And I think that sometimes when things this complex happen, people begin to kind of come up with elaborate excuses or reasons when these things happen because the events leading up to it are complex. And I'm seeing that a lot in the media. I'm seeing it a lot in social media. I'm seeing people kind of just make up what's going on with this situation. You know, people from thousands of miles away are talking very matter-of-factly about what happened in the moments leading up to this young man's death. Um, And I I don't know how they're doing this. I don't know where this is coming from. Um, So I just want to share with you guys the story as I know and understand it and talk about the things that I hope um, we as society can can look past and maybe share a few things together. Um, So a little bit of background on Garrett Foster. He's 28 years old. He's a libertarian and a military veteran. I believe he was in the Navy, but we might want to double-check that to be sure that that's true. Um, His wife was a quadruple amputee. 
um, in a wheelchair. He was pushing her around in the wheelchair. Um, she is black. She's African-American. But I don't know that anybody, when the media reports this and talks about it, that that's not really what they're looking at. You know, so to give you guys just a brief explanation of what happened, they were together at one of the Black Lives Matter rallies. And during the rally, a car came speeding up towards the protesters, um, which really freaked people out. They thought this vehicle was um, coming to run them over. They feared harm. And to be honest, there's been a lot of protests where people have driven their vehicles through. So I, I believe um, that when people said they were afraid that a vehicle was going to come and hit them, they probably really were afraid. That, that part, I, I believe, I think that's just regular human nature. Um, so what happened is somehow, and I don't know all the details, and I'm not going to pretend to know all the details, um, somehow Garrett Foster ended up by or in the direction of this vehicle. He was open carrying at the time, um, which in Texas, open carry is perfectly legal. Um, he also was licensed to conceal carry. And what ended up happening is when he got near the vehicle, uh, the driver came out and fired shots either at him or in the crowd. That part is still unclear. Um, he was shot and ended up dying that day. So so that's kind of the, the basis and the premises of what happened. I'm sure there are many other details they're going to fill in. But what I'm seeing is, is there's actually a lot of controversy being generated over his death. And I want to share with you guys just a few of the things I'm seeing in the media and on social media um, that's surrounding his death, because I think it's important to identify these things and talk about the other things that aren't being spoken about. So the first thing that I'm seeing, which is um, a little unfortunate, it's more than a little unfortunate. It's it's very unfortunate. Is I'm seeing people questioning why he was at the protest and basically using the fact that he was at a protest as the excuse for his death. And I, I think that that's just fundamentally wrong, especially in America, because if you are protesting something, like that's the whole purpose of the First Amendment. And the First Amendment exists so that people can protest things and we can even disagree and dislike what they're protesting. We can agree or disagree, but the idea is that they should be able to protest and they should be able to agree or disagree um, without fear of persecution. So the fact that people are kind of sitting here and including the media and starting to question, well, you know, um, if he didn't go to a protest, then he wouldn't have died. To me, that, that premise is really bad. That's off because I've personally been to protests and I've been to protests that there are people with very different views than me. And I understand that those people definitely disagree with my views. Second Amendment is a really good example. I've been to Second Amendment protests in support of the Second Amendment. And I will tell you, there are people out there, very angry and agitated people, who very much disagree with the Second Amendment and want to see it restricted. I don't want to feel like somebody's going to drive into my crowd of people who support the Second Amendment and possibly try to kill us because they have an opposing view. 
So I, even if you disagree with why he was there or what he believes in, I just want to kind of emphasize we should still be accepting that people have different beliefs than us. Then the next question that I saw um, was that people were saying, well, if if he had a gun with him, then maybe he wasn't a libertarian because guns are force and force like libertarians oppose oppose force and violence. Although that's true, libertarians still believe in defending yourself and having the right to carry a firearm. And so the fact that this is even a, a weird discussion in the media is really surprising to me. Um, this guy just died and people are saying, well, was he really a libertarian? Like that's, that shouldn't be the discussion today. Where are you getting that? Is that the, a social media phenomenon? Twitter and I forget one uh, one news site that I wasn't overly familiar with. Um, you know, it's just kind of like a weird thing. But probably the biggest thing that I have seen um, in the media and on social media is people saying that his death is so controversial because he is white. And because he's white and died at this protest, his white death is now taking away from the importance of the protest and the importance of black deaths. And that, to me, is like very terrible for society to take that position for anyone of any race. Well, I, yeah. I don't think society is taking that view. I think a few individuals are taking that view. And these are, you know, once again, this is the attempt to mainstream uh, opinion, which is basically indefensible. That's a ridiculous argument to make. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I agree completely. Nobody, I nobody who has a you know the, who has their faculties and their wits about them is going to is going to agree with that position. But what we have to do, what's going on right now, is the political left. Uh, in the, here comes the conspiracy theories. But just because you think there's a conspiracy doesn't mean you're wrong. Uh, the political left basically just wants to remove all of the foundation stones and all the certainty from society, so there are no guideposts. Uh, to uh, to guide us, uh, this is all part of the nihilistic attempt to tear down society so they can build something new that's more to their liking. Yeah, and I I don't know if it's working for them or not because things are well, things are certainly getting out of control. That's for sure. So yeah, that, and that the, the, the cure the cure with. for too much nuttiness is not more nuttiness. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Guys, we're going to take a brief break here. Uh, when we come back, I'm going to share one more uh, thing that I've been seeing circulating around about his death. And then I'm going to talk about what we should be talking about with his death and how we should be being better because of it. We'll talk about that and more when we come back on Radio Free New York. Why do businesses choose to move their website from Wix and Squarespace to Simple Tech Innovations? Maybe it's their excellent customer service or attention to detail. Maybe it's their ability to give a truly customized solution. Or perhaps they just like the fact that Simple Tech is a local small business that builds great relationships with its clients. Whatever the reason may be, you can rest assured knowing that the local team at Simple Tech has your best interest in mind when building or updating your website there 
hands-on and love helping customers achieve their goals. But don't take my word for it. They've won the best in Rochester eight years in a row and have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating. If your website doesn't match your dreams or isn't achieving your goals, give the professionals at Simple Tech Innovations a call today for a consultation at 585-200-3182. That's 585-200-3182. Simple Tech Innovations. Radio Free New York. All right. Welcome back to Radio Free New York. I'm your host, Andrew Hollister. Um, We're talking about Garrett Foster. He's a, a young man who died recently in Austin, Texas, at a Black Lives Matter rally or protest. Um, and just talking about the conversation that's happening around his death right now. You know, people questioning why he was at the protest, people questioning, um, was he li- really a libertarian or not? Um, people being angry about his death, saying that because he died as a white person, it takes away from the message of black deaths in the BLM movement. Um, and then there, there's another one that was that was interesting to me, which is people trying to – I don't know if they're trying to justify his death or or what they're trying to get across, but saying that he was there at the rally – not in support for Black Lives Matter, um, but instead to represent the Boogaloo. And if you guys aren't familiar with the Boogaloo, that's the um, the code word on the internet to say um, people who are done with the tyranny of government and they want a revolution and to restore the government back to what was supposed to be. Um, I I don't see how any of these excuses or reasons for his death um, benefit anybody. I'm not following this. So he's in a Black Lives Matter rally and he gets killed. He gets, you know, um, in some shootout, maybe a misunderstanding about somebody trying to run somebody over. And then he's uh, he represents a distraction to deaths of black people. And then but he really wants to overthrow government. Yeah, so and, what, and that's, what, that's what the thing. The, what is exactly. this? It's like this, uh, this uh, I don't know, some kind of purlieu of, uh, of, of, of logic that's almost impossible to untie. What is the point? What are they, what are they trying to say? I, I think what it is is that, you know, once again, this being such a complex issue, you know, death is never simple. Um, in situations like these surrounding so much um, political energy – is is not simple. It's complex. And I think what is happening is people are projecting their own views and ideas on this young man's death instead of just looking at the situation and allowing things to unfold and come out. I, I really don't see the reason why people need to um, come up with this stuff, you know, but I I do think, OK, time is going to tell the facts, right? The allegations are all over the place. Um, There's a lot of stuff that I haven't seen any proof of at all. The only thing that seems to be consistent and accurate is there is a vehicle traveling towards this crowd of people at a high speed. For some reason, that person stopped their vehicle, exited it, and started shooting people. Now, that person whose name I don't have said that 
um, or at least what I saw from the police is that they then called the police and said they had somebody pointing a rifle at their vehicle and they basically got out of their vehicle and shot that person. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's true or what's not. A lot of witnesses say that wasn't the case. All of that aside, I think that what people should be talking about is himself and what he was actually doing there. And and it, I almost feel that their story could actually help mend people a little bit instead of causing additional controversy and additional division. Okay, because, let, me you, let me ask you, what do you think he was doing there? So I, I think he was there. His, his wife was black. I think that he truly felt moved by what was happening. And if, if he was a libertarian, which it sounds like he was, then he would be there saying government force is wrong and there is a place for law and there is a place for rules of society. However, they should be applied equally. You know, his his wife being, um, I, I would assume she'd be considered disabled. She was a quadruple amputee. So he was pushing her around in a wheelchair. Um, and he was there to show care and compassion. I think he was there because he loves his wife and probably had seen some very personal aspects of his of her life that made him feel motivated to be there. And I don't know what those things are. Um, you know, she may know those things. Close family and friends might know those things. But I'm pretty confident the media and the random people on the internet making stuff up about, you know, all this have no clue what those motivators were for him. Yeah, guess what? You know, I, I, I think that happens on the internet all the time. People, clueless people saying clueless things and, uh, and saying things that have no foundation in fact because that's where they can do it yeah. and they yeah. can get they can get some notoriety for it which is why they do it yeah so so the story that that i take away from this what i look at and i've seen a few things um published by his wife and and by um his family is that you know he he had care he had compassion and he loved his wife and i think that that's why they were there together you know, him pushing her around on the wheelchair. And I think that what the media should be talking about, if if race is that important to them, which I believe for the media today, race is really important to them. I I believe that the story should be that there was a white man who deeply loved a black woman, and that's why he was there. And he died in the process of showing that love and showing that compassion. And that's the message that I think the media should be putting out there. And I think that is a message that would help bring people together. And I think that we're missing that right now in society. I think we're missing that in the media. I think it could be a really powerful, unifying message. But that's not what the media wants. It's not selling ads. No, what the media wants is to get rid of Trump, basically, and uh, <laughs> yeah. th- that's yeah, that's do. that's yep. what their mission is. And everything, everything right now is being devoted towards that end. And they're jumping the shark big time on that issue. I just want to point out, not that they're ever going to figure that out, but uh, people are really, really, really 
getting sick of it. And I think the issue is going to flip before too long. Yeah, it, it, I mean, you know, in politics specifically, you say, you know, there's a lot of time between now and November. It might feel short, but, you know, there is a lot of time. Things could switch at any moment. Um, but I can't help but just seeing this story as, um, you know, and seeing kind of the conspiracy theories spread by the media, you know, and I'm not saying that all conspiracy theories are bad because the, you need the theory before you've discovered the conspiracy. Um, but I see the conspiracy theories. I see the controversy, all of this stuff surrounding this young man's death and can't help but be really embarrassed about what I'm seeing in the media and what I'm seeing on um, the internet and just wishing that instead we could be talking about um, how important human relationships can be and take a step back from all of this polarizing stuff and take the opportunity to say, hey, maybe this guy was just there because he loved his wife and felt moved by what he knew about her. Maybe it doesn't have to be as complicated as all these other things. Maybe it can be just that simple. And uh, I think if we started looking at things in that way, society would be much better off. Guys, thank you so much for joining me on Radio Free New York. We'll be back same time, same place tomorrow. Tomorrow.